the GM on ESPN 1025. The game, Titans and Panthers on Sunday. I'm getting worried about the Panther game, and not because of the Panthers. I mean, McCaffrey worries me and all of that, but Ben Jones is in the concussion protocol. Roger Saffold is, is, was a full participant today in practice, but he is also technically in the protocol. Not that I like either guy, honestly, as a player, but I certainly don't like the idea of all backups and Taylor Lewan on the offensive line. Uh, I don't know that we have enough backups to fill all those roles. Well, they cut Darius yeah, Jennings today. Yeah. So, oh, they, so they're going to bring somebody in. They, brought, they signed Honoris Grasso or whatever, who was Mariota's roommate oh, or whatever. They brought him back, and they cut Darius Jennings today. For whatever reason, I don't know. My guess is Pam Thiel may get to play on Sunday. I don't know. But that's starting to scare me a little bit when I look at the defensive front of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you don't Panthers. want any of that. So that's something that you got to look at. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, an interesting story. By the way, we're live at Pete and Terry's Tavern, Bridgestone Arena. We'll be giving away Preds tickets in 45 minutes. So come on out and register if you want to go to tonight's game. And uh, we'll have the winner at 445. Uh, it's also Halloween. Floyd refusing to dress up for Halloween. I'm I'm dressed. In a one oh two five the game I'm I'm fleece. I'm your trainer. I'm a panda and pandas don't get no trained. pandas. This is a panda. A panda we don't suit. need a short chunky roly poly panda. That's what pandas are. I know. we don't that's not a good image for the show. I I'm a panda. A killer whale. I'm a panda. Is the image we need. I am a panda. A I am not panda. Jaws. Guess what? Or... My my five-year-old granddaughter would fall in love with you. Panda. Well, that makes me a little uncomfortable because... Panda. You know, I feel like your five-year-old granddaughter would love me because I keep you in check every day and she loves you. Oh, yeah. And she does love Papa. I'll say that now. Now, and think about it. If anybody's the trainer here, I think I'm the trainer and you <laughs> are the, the radio guy. Yeah, maybe, but... Maybe true. But, Floyd, I, I mean, I offered to buy you a Santa costume, and you dress up as Santa today, and you want to know part of that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I told you, I'm not in, big into Halloween. What I are you big into? I like Christmas. Give me Christmas. Give me Thanksgiving. Give okay, me so if I buy, okay, so if I buy a Santa suit for Christmas, will you wear it around Christmas time? Dress up for the kids? No, dress up for the show. No, I <laughs> Christmas? You don't wear costumes at Christmas. You wear Santa costumes? I, I, I promise this. If you wear a Santa costume, I will dress up as an elf. And I can pick your costume? Well, you have to, like, get... I mean, I'm not going to wear, like, a bikini. I, but, I, well, I mean, are you going to pick mine? It's a Santa costume. It's the same. There's no... It's like it's and like this elves. little pumpkin bucket that has all the candy elves. in it. It's a you can't, you don't get any other pumpkin. This is a pumpkin bucket. This is what it looks like. And we know what an elf looks like, right? But you you want to pick out the costume? You want to make it wild and crazy? And I don't trust you. It's elf costume. So how about this? Ryan can pick them both out. Get yourself some candy. So Ryan can pick. Ryan can pick out the Santa and elf costume. How about that? No. Okay, you can pick out the elf costume. <laughs> Uh, Will you dress up as Santa? Oh, uh, what, what, what am I going to dress up as Santa for? What are you going to for? A show? Santa? I mean, you talking about to do a show? Yeah. Oh no. We're going to do the Jared and the GM show. You're dressed up as Santa. I'm dressed up as an elf. Yeah. No. Okay. Look, to the Titans. So 
if there's anything that Ryan Tannehill's proven, so we've talked about, do you try to give Tannehill a contract now? Do you think Tannehill's a, a big-time starter? All of that. We don't know the answer to that. But if anything in the last two games, and really the season when you look at the defense, has Ryan Tannehill proven that the Titans don't need to draft a rookie in the first round and start over next year? The pieces around the quarterback well, put you in a position to where you don't want to have a rookie quarterback next year? I think that's what we're trying to find out again. I mean, that's that would be ideal if you had confidence he could come in and and be the guy and prevent you from having to go out and and draft a, a young quarterback real, real high. Well, it doesn't have to be Tannehill. It could be a trade for Stafford or a trade for Derek Carr or uh, Andy Dalton or... Well, yeah, but I, he, I don't think John... John wants his draft currency. I'm, I'm just guessing. Now. Well, if you I'm, sign guess- Andy Dalton next year, though, then you have your draft currency and Andy Dalton's your starting quarterback. Oh, because he's unrestricted? Right. Oh, yeah, any of the unrestricted guys. So I'm, I'm just saying that... Like, instead of using your first pick or your first pick and more to move up to draft a quarterback, would you be better off in going with a veteran? Because, like, let's say the Titans did draft Joe Burrow in the first round, and Joe Burrow's the quarterback next year. Now, again, I don't know what kind of player Joe Burrow's going to be in the NFL or anything like that, but we know they're not going to be able to get Tua. If you draft Joe Burrow in the first round, I mean, the best you can probably be is 9-7 and seven or something, even if your defense is really good and carries them because a young quarterback is going to make mistakes. A veteran quarterback gives you a better chance to win when you've got all the, the pieces in place. And that's just the point I'm trying to make is, are there enough pieces in place that would say, no, you don't want to put a young guy in the middle of this because he's going to have to learn and that's going to slow the whole team down. And by the time he's ready... Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, That's Taylor Lewan, Kevin yeah. Byard will all be All those out of their guys bonds. are gone. You know, by then, by the time you get this next guy ready, those guys have, are long in the tooth. You know, so all of a sudden, you're, you, now you've got the young quarterback with no defense, no tackles, no, you know, and he's trying to survive. I mean, that's the, that's the difficult thing. And, and you've heard me say it before, I mean, that's the hardest part in the NFL about matching all this up. In the other sports, you can, you know, if you only got five guys, you got a pretty good chance of matching things up. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, you only got twenty guys, you got a pretty good chance. You got fifty-three, you know, really sixty-three guys trying to match all those guys up and have them mature at the same time, have them all be ready to to uh, to play at a championship level. Uh, it's hard to do now. That's tough. Now the argument for this would be that in year two your team should still be intact for this rookie quarterback. And if you draft the next Mahomes or the next Deshaun Watson, that might be good enough. And what are the you. chances of that happening? When's the, what's the, when's the last Mahomes you saw? Who's the last Mahomes you saw? Mahomes. Behind, besides Mahomes. Watson. Besides them, at last, back. Nobody. Uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> was really good. Nobody is I the mean, answer. Dak Prescott as a rookie was good. Nobody is the answer. Nobody in their first year threw 50 touchdowns. Not even close. Not even in the same atmosphere. So there's those guys come along once every 20 years. So if you get one of those, yeah, you're pretty lucky. But. The odds of you doing that, I mean, it's Vegas. I know, but a lot of people thought when Kansas City drafted Mahomes, they thought, 
why are you drafting Mahomes to sit him on the bench for a year under Alex Smith? And then you gave up on Alex Smith, and you had won a lot of games under Alex Smith, and you were like, are you sure you want to go to the young guy in favor of Alex Smith? And they were. And they were like, yes. Yeah. And so that would then argue that you that you may take your lumps for that first year, but in that second year, third year, if you draft well, a truly— he didn't play his first year. Right, but I'm talking about oh. the second year. Butler and Lawan and those guys will still probably be NFL players— still probably pretty decent players then you could have a superstar quarterback which would be better than Derek Carr or Ryan Tannehill well, yeah, or but Matthew you're Stafford counting or... on drafting Mahomes and I'm telling you you're not going to do that you got to wait another 20 years then you get your shot you could have they... drafted Mahomes or Watson when you had your fifth pick they yeah right when you have games. when you have these guys it's like we were talking about Aaron Rodgers I mean, all of the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, these guys that are drafted other than the first, it's, it's not because they they decided, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, so I'm going to wait until the 24th pick to get him. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Nobody says that. That doesn't happen. They luck into it, and it works out, and it worked out great. And the same thing with Mahomes. Nobody says, you know what, I'm going to pass up on that guy, let him go down to like the 14th pick and draft these other two guys and see how well they do. I mean, that's not the way it works. And that's why I'm saying those guys just don't come along. If they did, every team in the league would have one. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they, they're just hard to find. So are you convinced the Titans need a veteran quarterback starting in 2020? No, I'm not. I mean, it, it, the, the, process will take care of itself if there's somebody out there that they fall in love with that they can sign i'm sure they'll do it because you've got a team that's in pretty good shape and you've and a veteran guy could certainly help you more now are you going to be willing and able to pay whatever it's going to cost you to get that guy whoever it is because if you really like him there's probably several teams out there that really like him and so, you know, are you going to get any bidding war and win that? And if you can do that and, and it works out, then great. You know, the chances of one of those veteran guys working out for you is better, certainly, than, than one of the rookies. So let's take your calls on this. Do you think the Titans need a veteran quarterback with this defense next year? Or would you be willing to roll the dice and draft a young guy and start him? 615. 737-1025-615-737-1025. And is the Titans' defense good enough to win with a rookie quarterback in 2020? Jared and the GM will discuss that coming up next. Chris be going to be joining us in a little bit, live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. Jared and the GM, it's Halloween. It's ESPN 1025, the game. With the offense, uh, now that you've had two games with Tannehill, what do you want to see maybe see this offense maybe develop or, or, or improve on at this point? It's, it all comes down to the consistency. I mean, I think that um, going back through the film, there's really nice plays, really good plays against, uh, you know, run and, and pass against um, a really good run defense. And so we just have to be more consistent. And, you know, we have to try to to get everybody operating, the play, all 11, the, the quarterback getting us in the right play, uh, the line, you know, getting us started on a run or giving us a pocket or protection in a play pass or drop back or screen or you know, keepers or whatever we're doing. You know, receivers running routes and identifying man and zone. 
and running good routes and then the quarterback being decisive and and operating in, in an efficient manner. But we continue to score touchdowns in the red zone, which is which has helped us. That was Mike Vrabel. You think a rookie quarterback can do all those things Vrabel wants a quarterback to do? Get us in the right protection, get us in the right play, put the ball in the end zone, so on and so forth. Be tough. So that's where I I just don't know if I I, I don't know if I want a rookie quarterback running the Titans next year. <laughs> Let's hope you have a choice. But I don't want to miss out on Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. You could be like the Texans. Remember how the Texans ended up with Watson? People forget this. The Texans traded a second to Cleveland with Brock Osweiler in order for Cleveland to take on Osweiler's contract because they thought they were going to get Tony Romo because they thought they had a team good enough to compete if they had Tony Romo. And then Jerry stepped in, and Jerry said he wasn't going to release Romo so because he didn't want him playing for the Texans. And I guess like that cost the Cowboys Barry Church and J.J. Wilcox and like some defensive players because Jerry was not going to let Tony be on, on the Texans as he had a say in it. And then Tony ended up abiding by Jerry's wishes and signed with CBS. So the Texans thought they were going to get Tony. They didn't. And then they had to scramble at the last minute, and then they drafted Deshaun. Yeah, there's always this great story behind these guys and how you end up with them and why you end up with them. And it's, everybody thinks it's complete science, and some guy just analyzes it, and analytics come in, and they use all this information and it's just a slam dunk pick. And that's, generally speaking, not the truth. You think what it is usually is you're sitting there saying, well, don't have a quarterback and I'm picking fourth, so I guess I'm picking a quarterback. Yep. Let's go to your phone, 615-737-1025. Mike is up next on the Titans. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, I think, Jared, we have to do both. And I know that's a cop-out way of answering your question, but I think next year our best-case scenario needs to be that Tannehill pans out, and he can re-sign for us for another year, two-year contract, and we have to take a top quarterback at the um, first end of this draft coming up or the first end of the following draft so we can make sure that we have somebody backing up. But, again, I it's buyer's beware with Andy Dalton, Matt Stafford, Joe Flacco, those guys. I just don't know what we what to expect, but I think we, we have to go with a veteran at least if we still have this window of competitiveness. Thanks, Jared. Yep. Thank you for the call, Mike Floyd. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, I mean, the the thing you find out with a veteran is it's not if he can play. You know he can play because you can see that on film. The question is, how does he fit in with your system? And even though you're saying to yourself, okay, we run the same system as Team X, so he should fit right in. Well, it, it never seems to work out that way. And therein lies the rub. That's the rub with the veteran guys. Fit into your system? Does he fit into your locker room? Can he work with your coaches? Can he, oh, what kind of guy is he? What kind of practice habits does he have? It's not so much ability. You know, when you're going with a college kid, you're asking those same questions. But then you're also asking, is he just good enough? Mm. You know, can he throw at the NFL level? And a lot of that stuff you don't know. How do you evaluate a quarterback like that? Oh, it's it's tough now. And I've tried it. I feel like it's it, a lot easier to spot the bad ones than it is the good ones. Absolutely. But. And and I've, I've tried it a couple of ways. I mean, I've tried it 
twice in, in a couple of different ways. And, I mean, I tried to break. We got to the point where when we were working out the three quarterbacks, I had the work workout written out. The receivers that he threw to, we took with us on the plane. Mm-hmm. We took So we were, that quarterback was throwing exactly the same patterns to exactly the same receivers and exactly the same method. And we thought, okay, this will help us analyze, you know, arm strength or accuracy or decision making or whatever the case may be. I mean, we we tried to we tried to cover every base, and uh, and you know, you still end up with you know, shot in the dark. Are you allowed to do that by NFL rules? Take players on the plane to work out with? Yeah, your players. Really? We took our players. Oh, I didn't know you were allowed to do that. Yeah, I figured took, it'd be against like the collective bargaining agreement to ask them to do work outside of. No, we took. Now this is back, you know, way back. Back in the day, day. Right now, I don't even think you can talk to them during that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're breathing the same air as them, it might be a problem. Robert in Nashville, up next on the Titans. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Robert. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Robert. Uh, hey, good to hear from you guys. <laughs> uh, I was listening to you, Jerry. I, I think, uh, you know, they do need to go with maybe, uh, I guess, a more experienced quarterback. But mainly, if they don't go that route, I think it all starts with the line. Uh, the line is the key thing, I, I think, uh, for any team because, I mean, you got a line, you got, you know, you're able to have your quarterback to be able to stand back here and see where you're going to throw to, and then you, you're able to run the ball. See, no matter what, if you get a quarterback and you ain't got no line, you can't steal, you can't move the ball around to your players. And that's all I got. And, you know, I, I don't know. This team here, it just, like I said, it, it, they got a few more things to try to plug in, and they might be pretty good team next year. I don't know if they should just throw the, throw the rest of this year. I know that's bad. And uh, Robert, I need to know, ask you a serious to... question. It's Halloween, and, and for this I need uh, to ask you a serious question. What do you think of your guy Mike Vrabel's coaching at the end of some of these games? Well, I don't, I don't you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, that he made, you know, especially this last game, a good decision on, you know, uh, you know, on, on play calling. But, I mean, he's still in his learning uh, process. And, you know, uh, he's he a whole lot better than that Mike Malarkin freak. <laughs> so we don't move up. You know, we, we basically, we don't upgrade it. So, you know, we could get another coach in here and he, he'd be a whole lot worse than Mike Vrabel. You know, at least Mike Vrabel, you know, he, he's getting out there and he, he's, uh, I've been listening to people. He, he's, he's consistent. You know, you know what you're going to get from this guy because, you know, you know, he's going to go for it. I mean, it's not like <laughs> people didn't know what he was going to do. Hey, I mean, we story. all know what he's going to do. So I, I'm, I'm for it, you know, cause I knew that's what he was going to do. He's not like that uh, unpredictable, that Mike Malarkin freak. That guy, he just sat over there and he started doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You're like, what in the world is this guy? What planet is he on? But anyway, guys, thank you. Thank you, Robert. It took Robert some time to convince himself of the road he was going. And once he got going, 
You know, first there were a lot of, you know, well, uh, you know, you know. And then once he got going. We just had to get the, he's, hey, he, to get you the know what you're going to do. He knows what he's going to do. He's going to go for it. A.G. is up next in the Titans. A.G., quickly, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with Coach Lee here. Let's get it. Let's go for it, man. Let's win this game, man, if it ain't number two yards. But uh, the quarterback situation, if it ain't broke, I ain't trying to fix it. If it ain't broke, I ain't trying to fix it. I'm a, I'm a ride the Tannehill way till he showed me that he's not the quarterback for the job. And uh, as far as the draft, if if I, if the third, fourth round come around, and it's a gym and quarterback. I'm a job the quarterback. If not, I'm gonna keep on building around Tannehill because he's saying he's showing that he's so far that he's a uh, he can competently drive the car. That's all I got. Thanks, Ag. I can't disagree with any of that. No. I mean, I could see the Titans taking a quarterback in the third or fourth. Like even if they commit to Tannehill for a couple of years. I could see him taking a third-round quarterback and having that guy be the backup to Tannehill. Because to your point, Tannehill doesn't need every rep in practice. Like, you know, Marcus needed every rep in practice uh, before. Crispy is going to join us live here from Pete and Terry's Tavern. He's going to hang out with us. We'll get the latest from Crispy on Halloween. That's coming up next. Let me tell you about Authentically American. They did not make this wonderful panda costume that I'm wearing right now. But they do make all of our gear. That's right, all of our 1025 The Game gear comes right from Authentically American. And it is that great made-in-the-USA material, not made in Indonesia, not made in Vietnam, not made, I'm going to guess the panda costume, probably made in China, not made in any of those places, made in the USA, which means made in the USA quality. They can take care of you, whether it's workout gear with their new sweat ink with the secret messages activated by your sweat, or whether it's polos, sweatshirts, they can take care of it. Or if it's your business, just like our business, they can take care of you. Promo code Jared. My name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for 20% off of anything you buy from Authentically American. That's promo code Jared. My name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, for 20% off at Authentically American. Authentically American online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Authentically American, the next iconic brand that is truly American-made. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared of the GM live at Bridgestone Arena, Pete and Terry's Tavern tonight. Calgary in town tonight against the Nashville Predators. Crispy, what's up, girlfriend? I, I just have to apologize to the fans out there. Give me about eight seconds here to get my... Uh, my I'm, I'm out of breath from laughing. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Panda. I'm coming in, and I hear it, and the vision <laughs> is just driving me nuts. I almost run over four scooters. Just to hit four <laughs> scooters on my way in, thinking of him in a panda suit. Panda. Jeez. And I couldn't get any bamboo shoots to feed him with. So I had Bad image for the show. No kidding. Panda. I mean, what would we, if we'd ask our fans out there, GM, what would Jared Stillman wear yeah. on Halloween? What do you think would be the answer? Oh, the Grim yeah. Reaper. There you go. Like Darth you said, Vader. Murder. Yeah, one of those. those. Yeah. Uh, Texas, whatever. <laughs> you know, a vampire. We'd have made a lot of money betting that nobody would bet a panda. What you got against a panda? And besides that, our power play's working well. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right, Crispy. Let's get to the game the other night before we get to this one. And I got a feeling. Take more, animal. Take more candy. I got a feeling for this, and that is I could not take I heard everybody on the radio talking about this is the best game the Preds have played all season. This is the best, best, best Tuesday. I'm sorry. That Chicago team 
they owe the fans the money back because they were <laughs> terrible. They didn't show up. I don't even know. They didn't look like the Blackhawks anymore. I mean, I saw Taves on the back of the jersey, and I saw Kane on the back of the jersey, but it didn't look like the Chicago Blackhawks. So I just chalked that up to the Preds playing a smart, normal game, and Chicago is just god-awful. So I don't take as much away from that as everybody else did. Do you take a lot away from Tuesday night? Yeah, I do. You know why? Because we were doing smart things against a hockey team. I don't care which hockey team was on the ice. We finally were smart for 60 minutes. And by smart, I mean we were smart on our breakouts. We were smart coming through the neutral zone. We were sharp on our attack. And we met a goaltender who gave you a Pekka Rene all-star performance wow. in Robin Leonard. Oh, I felt sorry for him. GM, I was, I didn't because I thought <laughs> fire a few more because I'm my next coach. But, yeah, this kid stood on his head. It was one nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing. They had about five good shots at Pekka. If they put him in, it's a 2-1, 2-2 game. They didn't do it at that given time. Would have changed his, his modus operandi over there, the panda bear. Would have had to do it. But Leonard was unbelievable. Oh, so I'll, I'll take that win, and I'll even take it even more so when you see Grimaldi and Bonino and Smith clicking and making it happen. That also made me very, very happy. <laughs> so I've, I felt bad for Robin Leonard the other night. You don't feel bad for anybody. But what? I mean, the Predators got a, the, the Blackhawks took 20 shots for the game. The Predators took 19 in the first period. I mean, like that, like, that is, I, I, you can't compete in a game like that. But I do think this, and Floyd brought this up the other day. I thought Saturday night's win at Tampa was a freaking great regular season win, especially in October. But to go to Tampa without Forsberg and Duchesne and score power play goals and win against that team on the road, that said something. And then you followed up with a good game against a not-so-great Chicago team. Last year, and even maybe in years before this, there was a lot of playing up and playing down. This team, it feels like, is doing a lot of playing the same every night. Consistency. And that's what the coaches have been preaching. We wanted consistency. We were, as you said, up in the top, down in the valley, etc. And that all came from the games we saw, as you mentioned. And you're dead on right, by the way, Stiller. That game in Tampa was a win of a hockey oh, game. Oh, what a good That's win. hockey game. Against Chicago, yeah, they're not the team of old. Yes, they're not uh, as threatening as they used to be, but it was still a very, we played our game. As you said, we didn't play down to them. Tell you, tonight will be a litmus test. You know how many often I throw them. You're going to see a different team in this Calgary Flames. They're hungry, they're mean, they're fast, they can score, and we better bring our full deck of cards to this game tonight. We, You mentioned the power play. The power play has gone from not... Not very good. Not, yeah. not one we like. You're being polite. To, to, you know, pretty good. I mean, you look at it and you go, and there's no telling where it could end up. Especially with I Forsberg mean, maybe, back in the lineup tonight. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it is just getting better and better and better. Why? Probably because they've mixed, they put the mixture out there of guys who are good passers, but also some shooters. And, and the key is we're getting guys in front of the net now. Like the game against Chicago, and I know Chicago is not a physical team, but we had guys in front of that net all night long, tipping. Benino's hat trick, he got all almost the same. In front, dirty, gritty, slapping at loose pucks, making it happen. And our power play now, you can almost see when they come on the ice, they have a sense of purpose. And by purpose, I mean they have a play. It's not just bang, 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 oh, we're good, we're creative, we can make it happen. We don't need to play. We don't have to practice these plays they show 
Our guys have got two or three set power plays, and you can see the mode coming as to what team they're playing, what mode they're going to try and implement that given time. You've got your old team coming in tonight. My alma mater, you Calgary. Some, I you know, know you got some Canadian there's, buddies. There's, there's not many left. But. I got some. All my grandchildren and children live in Calgary. So think. But they are true blue Predator fans, and they'll be Calgary fans. But my grandchildren are not adverse to switching jerseys. Believe me, they're not. <laughs> Get those jerseys. They oh, have. oh, they got one them. team on the front. Double the decker. There you go. No, they wear them one over the other. If, oh, okay. if, if, if one team's winning, it's on top. If they're not, about eight seconds, the other team's on top. <laughs> Crispy with us. Crispy, uh, Terry Crisp, presented by the Highland Group. You've been around hockey for a long time. I mean, almost as long as the GM's been around football, which is significantly longer than I've been alive for both of you. But Was that a slap at uh, us? I think so. But, we'll take it. We'll take it, GM. <laughs> but Pecorine, what he's doing at his age. Now, look, I, he went through maybe two or three years ago a little bit of a swoon, and people are like, is something up with Pekka? Is something wrong with that? And then he had that cup final run where he was just unstoppable. Even in the game they lost in game six of the cup final, may have been one of his best performances ever. And, and he is everything you want in a franchise rock. And we know that, and he's been that way. He's won the Vesna. Even last year, the game they lost in Dallas, they lost that game in overtime, 2-1. Puck hits the post, goes in. He was that good in that Dallas game. He's good in big spots. All the, How is he doing it at this age? You've seen a lot of players. You've seen a lot of good goaltenders. You've seen a lot. How is Pekka doing it at this age? And at what point are we going to say, Okay, even this is getting a little crazy. You're gonna do. You're gonna. You'll have to help me. The uh, the quarterback for the for the uh, Patriots. Brady. 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 I mean, you're, what you're saying about Pekka, they say about Brady. Why? Yeah. You know what he is? He's a very talented athlete. Yeah. He's a talented athlete. He looks after himself. He knows the game. He studies the game. He doesn't take practices off. He knows what he's doing. Pecorino is the same. And Pecorino and all these guys, Brady, Pekka, go on down the list of stars like that have pride, a sense of pride. And as soon as the press and the fans and the people say, oh, they're done, they're finished, yeah, I'll show you how done I am. I'll show you how finished I am. And Peck is that type of a kid. Like They're saying, well, uh, Saros is very, he's a, yes, he might one day be heir apparent to the throne. But I've told you this before. Pecorine is not handing his throne over <laughs> to anybody. Believe me, if you inherit his throne, you'll have earned the right to have it. You know, it's funny, I've been around players of that caliber a, a little bit and you have to and and i remember talking to him about you know how, what's what's your frame of mind how do you get here how do you and the one thing i think every one of them has always said to me is yeah i understand i want to be good i want uh, but i fear losing fear losing and hate losing yes. i fear it and hate it and and it's like uh, somebody puts a dagger in there and, and those guys are born yeah. They're not made. They're yeah. born that way, yeah. and that's what Pecorini is. And you, you see, um, you see the captain, and maybe the arguably best player signs his long-term contract. Got to be good for the team. I think you look at at a whole series of contracts that that they've got in order in line. I mean, it looks really, really good in your mind. Kind of where's this team? How long can they be? upper echelon team. I think if the guys that they've signed, and David Poyle's done a masterful job of what he's done, and you know as a GM, 
the guys you had to sign and how happy your coach was when you come to him and said, listen, I just signed you da-ding, 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 da-ding for five years, four years, six years. Thank you. Kiss you on both <laughs> cheeks, big guy. I, I, I love it in that way. But having said that, and I always love the st- story about uh, Scotty Bowman, the greatest, best hockey coach I think ever. And one, uh, after one summer, training camp opens up, and he just signed four guys and really good contracts. And he comes in the dressing room, and he points to, to the first, and he says, wasn't I good to you over the summer? Wasn't I good to you over the summer? What are you doing playing like this? Second guy, did I not treat you well over the summer? Did I not? Why aren't you playing like four guys? So he was letting them know that, hey, I gave you candy yeah. over the We're summer. A little back. Uh, we need a little candy back from you. <laughs> I got candy right here for you, Crispy, right here in this. I know. Uh, you got a whole bucket full there whole on, bucket. on your desk. And you know what's going to happen, I don't take too, candy if, from a panda bear. If, <laughs> if enough people don't come and take all this candy here, you know exactly what's going to happen. I know. You go home and fill you, up your panda suit. I'm going to be eating candy. You'll be on the couch tonight watching the late be, news, just munching away in a bar. I'll be, too, I'll be watching you on TV tonight <laughs> on Fox Sports Tennessee. Crispy, this, this team, I mean, I, it's so hard because the season is so long. It's so hard for me to get too excited about Halloween hockey and October hockey and what they're doing. But they've got some great wins already this early in the season. I mean, when do we want to really feel good about this team? And, and where are we now? If you were coaching this team, how would you kind of manage your feelings knowing how long it is until the playoffs start to, to You shift? know, I, I was lucky enough and fortunate to be a coach to win – Two president's trophies in a row, which meant first overall in the league, and the third year missed it by two points. So I can tell you what it's, it's a great feeling, and you just keep pushing the button and saying, okay, why does it have to break? Why does it have to stop? And I always refer to Scotty Bowen when I hear these things back again, and Fred Shiro, doesn't have to stop. Why do the fans say we have to go downhill? Why do the press say we don't have to? If we don't want to, we don't have to. We can keep this thing rolling right along, and the good teams do. But to answer your question, probably where you want to see them hitting pace like this is about a month just before the playoffs and everything just settling in and and grinding it out with them. That's where I look for it. How do you plan coaching? It always amazes me. how, And people don't realize getting to the top is, is hard. Staying at the top is darn near impossible. It is hard. And and for you to win that many games over a three-year period, how often did you make it a point to change your approach, maybe change the things you said, maybe change practice just a little bit, maybe change the time of day, something? Always. Give them, a, give them an unexpected day off or an unexpected party for the wives. and them. Just you come up with a little twist, a little different that you hadn't done. But I think the biggest thing is, and, and you watch Lab and some of the coaches, is day-to-day talking now you can't talk to a whole team in a day but each day you can take two players or three and just how's the wife how are your two kids you know the name of the wife name of the kids how's it going how's you oh yeah how's it little uh, little uh, little stilly is he still yeah. in school is he still bad <laughs> whatever <laughs> keep that rapport with your team your players and i know you can't hug them because the hug ain't going to last long because then <laughs> on a week down the road you're going to kick them <laughs> But in the meantime, just op- open communication. Do you think I should throw a party for the players then to make them like me? Because, you know, sometimes I You can throw five, five <laughs> parties if you want. It ain't going to work. But uh, I'll give it to you again. Uh, and I told you, I still respect the fact that even when you're being a know-what hole, 
<laughs> you go back in the dressing room and face the music. Hey, got to run You're around. There. There. You want to you wanna nail me? I'm here, boys. Yeah. Give it to me. I feel like uh, the one thing that I don't like is I don't like the idea of people that say things like, well, if you say it on the radio, you're just saying it behind their back. No, I'm not. <laughs> saying it on the radio is saying it to somebody's face because everybody hears it. So, that, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of my take on that. Crispy, good to see you, brother. GM, Thank you. I'm giving you big 10 points tonight just for sitting here and not breaking up every time you look to your right. I mean, and wait, see you know, the little panda Crispy's just I'm a, I mean, I, I'm gone. Just, if he'd been Chewbacca, I could live with that. But not a panda bear. Terry Crisp, as always, presented by the Highland Group. Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Are the Texans Super Bowl contenders? Not sold on them at all because Bill O'Brien and his coaching staff, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on the Houston Texans defense with the absence, first of Jadavion Clowney and now of J.J. Watt. Deshaun Watson is the truth and a half, but he's not enough in the AFC this year. I don't believe it. Stephen A. says, hey, I believe in Deshaun Watson, the truth and a half but not believing in the Texans. By the way, congratulations to Kyle Humphreys. He is the winner of our final pair of tickets for tonight's Halloween special, Preds and Calgary Flames tonight. The tickets will be at will call for Kyle, and of course our people will be in touch with him. A couple of AFC South stories I want to get to. Deshaun Watson, you heard Stephen A. right there, say a truth, the truth and a half when describing Deshaun Watson. And I agree, and I have always believed that Deshaun Watson was a superstar player when he was even coming out. But he's AFC Player of the Month. Are the Texans the biggest threat to the Patriots right now in the AFC? They beat Kansas City at Kansas City. You know, they, they're at top of the AFC South, them in Indianapolis. Watson is playing at just a great level. I mean, I think there's a chance you could argue yeah. that that New England's biggest threat might be Watson and the Texans. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's. I mean, I don't think they're there yet. Uh, you know, I still think Kansas City is going to be when Mahomes gets back and gets rolling. He's going to be the the threat to to New England in my mind. You know what's crazy about Kansas City? I saw them flash up like all the info on Kansas City. Kansas City's five and three. If the Titans yeah. could kick. They'd have the same record as Kansas City, right. and that's where half the game was played by a guy who couldn't throw the ball. So, I mean, is, is are we sure Kansas City's good? Oh, I'm I'm con- if the quarterback five playing, and three. Yeah, he played against playing. the Texans. He played against the Colts. Yeah, if he's playing, uh, they're going to be good. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Okay, and then how far away are the Texans with Watson? How far away are they from I you? Don't see, I think, and how much does the Watt injury bring them back down? To I Earth think a they're bit? getting farther away. Because of J.J.? Yeah, because of the defense. And and I think what's going to happen is people are going to realize and, and finally figure out a way to keep him in the pocket. And if they can do that, then it's a different game. So, I mean, uh, you know, if there was anything that I were to emphasize when you're playing him, is you cannot let him run around with the ball. And you have got to do whatever. Now, it's going to affect your pass rush. But it's worth it in his case. So, you know, but I think I think their defense without J.J., without Clowney, you know, trying to get it done with one guy is is going to be difficult. And I'm not sure their secondary is is quite good enough to to hang in there. I haven't seen Conley and how well he's doing or how he's adjusting the system. But 
I mean, generally speaking, they were a little bit lapsed, I think. Through the midway point of the year, a lot of people believe that Frank Reich of the Colts is the NFL's coach of the year this year. Now, a lot of people say that because they lost Andrew Luck and they put in Brissett and they're still playing at a high level. I think pro football focus in terms of decision-making. Now, again, I don't believe pro football focus, but it does aid in the argument here. They say that at the midway point, Reich is the coach of the year in the NFL, that he has made the best decisions in terms of coaching this season in the NFL. I will say this about Frank Reich, and I don't know exactly how to qualify it, but after a year and a half, I think he is a hell of a coach. And that's what scares me to death about the Colts, is that I think Reich is a fantastic coach. And I even look at Philadelphia, and I look at how Wentz has not been the same since Reich left Philadelphia and I, I get worried about Indy just because I think they truly have a good team with a great coach. Yeah, he's, done a, he's done a great job. I mean, you can't deny that. Now, he also is one of those guys that you just hate because he goes for so many fourth down plays. Cost and, him a game and, last and, year. And, yes. Could have cost him here when he went for does it. not convert on them all the time. And I know you hate that. So I know you couldn't really like a coach that does that. So I would say for me, I mean, coach of the year, Shanahan, man. I mean, going away with it. In San Francisco? Yeah. Over Reich? Oh, yeah. I don't even think it's close. I mean, what he's, what he's done or where they are right now with that team compared to where they have been over the last decade or whatever, I mean, he's working miracles. So. And he's doing a little bit differently than, you know, their defense is outstanding. All those number one draft choices they've had over the last however many years they put in the defensive line, all those guys are maturing at the same time. And then they bring in Boza, who's a rookie, who's, I think he was like AFC player of the month or week or day or whatever. Um, So I think they're good. Plus, they, you, you know, you can't name their running backs. And they run the ball as well as anybody in the NFL. I mean, they can run it. And finally, after this week, the Jags will have to make a decision. Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew at quarterback? And Minshew has done everything you could have asked him to do as quarterback in Jacksonville in for Foles. Foles is making the money. I think the difference in salary is Foles is making $30 million this year when you add a signing bonus with his actual base, and Minshew's making six hundred grand. What do you do in Jacksonville if you're uh, old Doug Marone at quarterback? Oh wow, that's I mean, I don't think you have a choice. You got you know, if Foles comes back, you got to slide him in there, you know, and and see what he can do. Um, does he keep the job? I don't know, you know, but I, I don't think you can. How do you not have a quarterback controversy if you do that? How do you not have a quarterback controversy if you if you do do it? Either way, you're going to have a controversy. You know, people are going to be saying, wait a minute now, you paying this guy $30 million a year and he's a backup to a rookie sixth-rounder? What kind of mistake was that, you know? So I think, uh, I think they would, they'll probably go with Foles just to, just to see. I mean, it was – and the part that's always sad in these is, you know, had they drafted – had this kid been drafted last year – you know, Foles may not have never. They would been need an Foles. Issue. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you think that they? Do you think that they would 
So I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not around Gardner Minshew, and I don't watch him every week. So I, I don't, don't know, know if the, he's a flash either. in the pan or if yeah, he's legit. I don't know. I don't but know. if if you're Tom Coughlin and you think Gardner Minshew is legit, I think you stay with Minshew, and then you look to deal Foles in the off season. Now you'll have a lot who's of dead gonna, cap money. Who's going to deal for a thirty million dollar a year backup quarterback? Well, he's not a backup. If you let me say this, if he can't beat a rookie sixth rounder out, he's a backup. Well, but we all understand the situation. No, if he can't beat, a no, rookie we do. Stop that. Rounder Stop. Out, you don't think backup. Nick Foles? You don't think there's a market for Nick Foles if Gardner Minshew wins the job in Jacksonville? No, because it's going to be a thirty million dollar backup. You're not going to pay a backup thirty million dollars. Somebody who doesn't have a quarterback, Cincinnati, Tennessee, somebody will think. Foles can be my starter. Just like Bridgewater, just like all these other guys that are going to hit it, I'm telling you they will think Foles can be my starter. And you can say, 30 million backup. You can say that. doesn't matter. People will not consider him a backup quarterback. Just like they didn't consider him a backup quarterback this offseason. $30 million is what you pay a franchise quarterback, a good franchise quarterback. And you're going to pay a backup $30 million? No. Well, they would be bringing Foles in to start. <laughs> Again. Cincinnati, I, no. somebody like that. I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't believe it. Ian, how flawed is Floyd's logic? I mean, 30, 30 I, million. It's a good question. Dollars. I don't know who do they're going to start. Do, do you think who's if they paid, pick Minshew? Who's paid more than $30 million a year? Rodgers. Ryan. Two guys. And Russell and, and Ben. And you're going to bring in somebody. Rogers, back Ryan, up Russell, and Ben. And, and pay him $30 million. No, you're not going to That's do that. That's what Jacksonville did. No, they did not. They Foles was the backup in Philadelphia. No. Well, they brought him in to be the starter. That's what Cincinnati or whoever well, yeah, else would do to we, bring him he in. He couldn't start a Philadelphia, and now he can't beat out a rookie sixth rounder? He won the Super and Bowl. you think he's going to start for you? Yes, he no. won the Super Bowl. No he's proven way. he can be a starting quarterback. Hey, no you, you would say way. the same thing, right? He couldn't start in Philadelphia. He no couldn't start in Kansas City. Way. He couldn't start in he Los Angeles. And they gave him $30 million in Philadelphia because in, uh, they Jacksonville. thought he was going to be the starter. And somebody else and will he, think that. No, they won't. Not for $30 million. No, they won't. For $2 million, like we got for Tannehill? Sure. No, they will give me, think that. Give me a look, but they are not going to pay $30 million. All right. Even though the GM is taking his crazy pills today, it is time <laughs> for Ask the you're GM. You're going to pay a backup $30 million, and you're calling me crazy. Four I'm guys, not paying Four them. guys in the whole league make that much money, but you're going to convince your I'm owner not that him. we can pay him $30 million. Ask the GM. <laughs> 615-737-1025 is the phone number. 615-737-1025. Everything on the table. Ask the GM. Presented by Bob Steak and Chop House and Pella Windows in Nashville. 615-737-1025. And the best call for the GM will win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinals of the USL playoff this Saturday. That's for the best call for the GM. 615-737-1025. Ask the GM. Presented by Bob Steak and Chop House. Pella Windows in Nashville. That is Next, live from Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena, CSPM 1025, the game.